Hi, everybody. It's Jake from Super Duper Stitches. You know, this show. This particular episode is chock-a-block full, so before we get going, I want to go ahead and recommend you check out the podcast, What the Fuck is in This Book? It's a super fun show. Will and Annie are an absolute delight, but don't take it from me. How does a ghost chicken lay an egg? Are flying priests a thing? What do you do if your two sons become possessed and you can't get them to bed? Is there a hotline for Sasquatch abduction? What if your new pet parrot is a secret arsonist? What kind of rain gear protects you from vulture vomit? Believe it or not, these are actual stories from an actual book. Hey, I'm Will. And I'm Annie. Join us each week as we delve into a story from a book that terrified us as kids as we ask, What what the the fuck fuck is is in this book? Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Castbox FM. Just search "What the fuck is in this book?" or follow us on Instagram at WTF is in this book. I'm just saying, I think I regret pouring a second beer. That may have been a bad choice, but I'm just going to have a go. water. But you can read your story first. I, I Actually, it's an even-numbered episode, so I will. Oh, perfect. Yeah. There we go. So if you guys want to hit record anytime, that works for us. Yeah, I started recording when I went to the bathroom, so there's going to be a lot of audio of that. Wicked. Excellent. Um, I think better podcasts than ours do some kind of like clap or something to sync. I just find it and figure it out. Whatever. Who cares? There you go. Uh, great. Welcome to Super Duperstitious. The paranormal podcast about the science behind the spooky and strange. I'm Wyatt. I'm Jake. We have a very fun and special episode for you today. We do. It's true. Which we are going to bring both sides of the pond together. <laughs> we have with us today the hosts of Real Life Ghost Stories, Emma and Dan. Hi. <laughs> How you do? Oh my god. <laughs> For a second. I literally I just froze there and didn't say anything. That's all right. <laughs> that's what so that's what we, we in the biz call yeah. a uh, a cue. We teed you up. <laughs> but yes, welcome very much to the show. We've brought you all some stories today. I don't know that we had any kind of centralizing topic going no. in, so it'll be another kind of potpourri episode. But hey, the more flowers in the bouquet, the better the smell. Hopefully, <laughs> good Lord, we'll find out. I mean, who knows? These stories could be terrible. That's right. <laughs> and in my case, I know they are. Yeah, my story's <laughs> straight garbage. So <laughs> before we get started, do you guys want to tell us about yourselves and your show? Sure. Do you want me to go? or do you- Obviously. What, do you think I'll be able to <laughs> string a sentence together? <laughs> <laughs> so we are Real Life Ghost Stories. I'm Emma. And I'm Dan. And we do a weekly podcast where we talk about the paranormal and we do famous paranormal cases and we do listener stories and we generally just talk shit and... um, Get scared in my case. And if you're down, get scared. (laughs) And that's it, really. And listeners will recognize you as 70% of our audience base. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) We stay poaching. That's definitely not true. If you were to make a a Venn diagram of our two different audiences, it'd be a large circle and then a different smaller circle inside of it. 
and that's us. And we're just happy to be here. <laughs> we're just happy to be al- we're just happy to be alive that's these right. days. But honestly, I dare say we launch into some stories. Yes. Jake, do you want me to go? F- oh, wait, you you go first. Yes. You son of a bitch. Mm. Good lord, what am right. I talking about? Yeah. Get me the hell out of here. Yep. Go. Let me just say that this episode has been brought to you in part by the awesome support of a place that I don't know. In my in my personal opinion, <laughs> combines the elements of D and D. I forgot my own shit. <laughs> God damn it. Heavy metal D&D and beer to make beer. I remember (laughs) your shit, Wyatt. Don't you worry. I got you. Thank you. (laughs) Yes, of course, I'm talking about Four Phantoms. They are a brewery in Western Massachusetts who supports us, which God love them. What What a weird show to choose to support, but we thank them for it. They make some great beer. You can get it currently. Uh, Curbside Pickup will link to places you can do that, and uh, it's just some great stuff. You can reach out at fourphantomsbeer at gmail.com. That's F-O-U-R-P-H-A-N-T-O-M-S-B-E-E-R at gmail.com to arrange pickup of free beer if you are an industry worker, a musician, an artist, someone in the Western Mass area the applied restriction of course is that you will have to be physically capable of picking that beer up and because beer purchasing is a little bit weird right now obviously that would be preferable buy their beer if you're out in the world but if you can't please do instead consider supporting them by going to untapped.com that's U-N-T-A-P-P-D.com and leaving four phantoms a positive and or creative review that'll help boost their profile mm-hmm. and uh yeah if you are in the vicinity and able to buy some of their beer curbside in the next couple weeks Starting the week of May 10th, the Purple Potion Boysenberry Sour Ale will be available. It's a, um, it pours a bright magenta topped with a frothy white head. It's a tangy, revivifying beverage. Raspberry and blackberry flavors uh, under lavender aromas and carries a tart bite. Oh, man, I cannot wait to try that out. Mm-hmm. So please support Four Phantoms. They support us. We're also happy about it, and they are great people. And, uh, yeah, on to the show. Mm-hmm. Wait, where did Zoom go? There it is. Okay. Let me make sure I can see both the recording and you guys at the same time. Oh, it doesn't. Zoom doesn't do the Skype thing where it has a little window where I can see everybody. I'm just going to be oh, reading into the void. Oh. I'll just give you audio reacts. I'm actually going to minimize Zoom so I can just... Pretend we're not there. Great. Pretend you're not there. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I spent a while looking at a lot of different websites for a lot of different topics, trying to find a story for this week. Uh, eventually, I settled on covering the idea of... A monster under one's bed, um, or in one's Ooh. closet. And I felt there was no higher authority on this subject than Quora.com. <laughs> Quora! <laughs> Therefore, all Getting this comes... Getting the Quora the problem. Yes, this comes from the thread, uh, where did your childhood monster live? Under your bed, in the toilet, or in your closet? Which, as mm-hmm. we know, is the holy trinity of scary places. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I'm just going to go through a bunch of different responses to this particular thread. First is Elsa Christian, born and grew up in Iceland, who says, My sister and I didn't have any monsters under our bed or in the closet. Most of our monsters were outside, and we could see them looking in at us through our bedroom window. Actually, the term monster is somewhat inappropriate, because in English, the word monster implies something detestable, disgusting, and despicable. And our monsters were kind of cute. 
in a monstrous sort of way. If you had <laughs> uh, gleaned from my inflection, there's a lot of italics in this story. Are you for real? Oh my god. They could get kind of creepy when we saw them looking through our window at us when we were, weren't expecting it. But we welcomed the fear and embraced it. They could have been Huldefolk taking a peek at us through the window, but we doubt it. Huldefolk are more interested in messing around with their rocks than looking at elves. Wait, are they elves? Is she saying she's an elf? Okay, I, I didn't vet these stories as well as I should have. <laughs> That's okay. On certain murky and tenebrous nights, we did have something unbrageous, murky, and colliginous that sort of stood... Hmm. Um, can I pause for a second? What do those words mean? I have no idea. I don't know that they're even words. Yeah, I, me neither. Is that full of collagen? <laughs> I, I think yeah. so. I would have to say that is my first assumption. Um, <laughs> so thesaurus.com is also featured in this episode. Thesaurus.com. That uh, sort of stood in the a corner of our bedroom. Sponsor. Yes, next to our desk. It just stood there looking. It didn't really bother us, but our cats always made sure to give a good hiss every time they walked by it. These are all italics. These are all italics. <laughs> every time I make a really ludicrous, uh, over-the-top emphasis, uh, hiss. I'm trying to get the text across. Our grandma taught us to be at ease with the dream creatures, but she also taught us to never get too close to them. But the greatest thing our grandma taught us was to enjoy and treasure the fact that we still shared our world with nebulous monsters and appreciate and cherish the things that go bump in the night. Because reality oh is changing and they won't be around for long. To heart emoticons. Um, uh, can I, I, I've got a lot to say. Please. Um, first of all, fuck off, grandmother. Like, sorry, that's not good advice. It just accept them. <laughs> So you just accept ex- accept and love that you live in the world of monsters, mm-hmm. right? W- what's that even mean? That's that's outrageous. I don't feel it's as blunt as that though. <laughs> I feel like that she's saying, you know, like you've fallen on the ground, you've grazed your knee, it will hurt for a bit, but it will end eventually. That's what she's saying about these monsters. What, They're here life? now. <laughs> life will hurt for a bit, but it will end eventually. Yeah, exactly. It's so you like, take it from me. <laughs> the sweet release of death will soon be upon me. So these monsters are here for a short time. But that'll be gone, because life is changing. It's like quite a philosophical thing. They're here for a good time, not a long time. <laughs> you guys just deepened that post immeasurably. <laughs> <laughs> Much as something we talked about on an episode of Real Life Ghost Stories just recently. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> uh, Marcy Stelling, former intake clerk at Texas Attorney General's office, says... My childhood monster lived under my bed, and I don't know why there are all these qualifications for who people are and Quora. I think that's connected to their <laughs> Google account or their Facebook account. Yeah. Way too much personal information. Um, it's so much. Yeah. My childhood monster lived under my bed, and he had stretchy arms that could reach out and grab me no matter where I was in my bedroom. Sounds hot. <laughs> <laughs> she then launches into a very lengthy story about her raggedy Ann doll named Sweetie Pie and some kids who Ooh. broke into their house one time. It's like it would have been pages of of material. Marcy, reread the prompt. Uh, Yoji, <laughs> come on, Marcy. Yeah, uh, Yoji Peterson, dilettante escape artist, says part of his Google account. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I don't remember having a childhood monster. Thanks, Yoji. Short and sweet. <laughs> Alexander Anderson, who studied at McCreary Central High. No, I'm not going to get. That's this is weird. They just get, uh, who lives at this address 
Um, yeah, exactly, exactly. I think it's actually pivotal to the story, so I think you need to include them. All right, McCurry, yeah, McCurry Central High School. I actually don't know what state it is, so fine. McCurry Central High School. <laughs> His answer to where the monster lived was right in front of me. Actually, it was by my window, but I almost always slept facing the window. My parents bought me three animal rogues, a rabbit, a bear, and a turtle. I vividly remember as a child, around four to six, that my bear rug would wake me up at night. One time it was standing behind my TV. It had glowing red eyes and was huffing and heaving, basically growling at me. Another time I woke up and grabbed a little ball that I had beside the bed. I chucked it at the bear's head and I swear it looked around and said, who threw that? Wow. <laughs> I was Not shook. a dream. Yeah. Clearly real. Mm-hmm. Also wondering, how do you make a rug out of a turtle? Don't know. Very good point, and also wondering if that child's parents actually just bought my bear. <laughs> yeah. a bear set it loose in the room. Uh, I believe it's three separate rugs: a rabbit rug, a bear rug, and a turtle rug. But the bear maybe was just a bear. They're like, this is a. It could have been just an rug. actual bear. Maybe he had a, a rabbit, a bear, and a turtle just running around in his room. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I was shook. I'd always cover myself with my blanket and go sleep in my mom's room. My mom and dad were divorced then. I oh, wish I could say boy. that I was li- just a little bit of heaviness for no reason. Uh, I wish I could say that I was lying or that this was a silly story, but I can't. <laughs> so Is there any laughing. chance that his mother was microdosing him with acid as a child? There's a very Probably. good chance. There is no reason why not. Have your Cheerios, honey. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, part of MK Ultra. MK Ultra. Yeah. Uh, I figured he was going to say that he remembered being challenged on a nightly basis to ferry the rabbit, the bear, and the turtle across a river in a boat that could only hold one of them at a time. But I guess not, because you know, like the rabbit will eat the turtle, etc. Surprisingly, relatedly, actually, Wendy Moncour says there was one in each. So I guess one each in the under the bed, in the closet, and in the toilet. She's just showing off. I think yeah, so. Yeah, she's flexing. Actually, there were two under the bed, a lion and a crocodile. They were waiting to eat my feet. I don't know why they never ate each other. So, like the other animals. Um, I guess they were in cahoots. The one in the toilet was a bird with a long neck and a big snappy beak who wanted to peck or bite me on the bum. Always look in the bowl before you sit down, kids. The one in the closet was of unknown form. I couldn't see him. He made himself invisible. He could see me, though. The closet doors had louvers through which he would watch me all night. Hey, wouldn't it be fun to go to an open house where they're selling your childhood home? You could tell prospective buyers, when I lived here back in the 1970s, there was a big bum-biting bird in that toilet, and that closet had an invisible monster. I swear it is true. I wondered if you'd get laughs, or just weird looks. Winking emoticon. These people are really into these monsters, I gotta say. (laughs) They seem to be. (laughs) He'd bite my bum, but I, you know, (laughs) let him do it sometimes. It was fine. It was cool. (laughs) (laughs) She's got really two like kind of comical monsters in the, the yeah. two that live under the bed and the one in the toilet, and then she's got like a dark entity that watches her sleep in the cupboard. And a shapeless demon that would haunt <laughs> yeah, exactly. my dreams. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I had these two weird things. They were kind of fun, and I had this nameless evil that I didn't speak of. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Rebecca Burgess, twenty-seven years experienced of life, says, "Wow, my childhood monster was called Captain." As a child, Mum had a surprise, a bright blue light bulb for our bedroom. We were so excited to try it out at bedtime. Gross. Why? Yeah, it's why? why? Weird why? choice. The captain visited me from the light bulb. He'd be in blue haze around the light. I'd see an outline of his face. The captain petrified me, literally. 
I wouldn't go to bed the next day. I told my mom about the captain, but of course, no one believed me. I mean, who could? <laughs> Again, microdosing, as Dan <laughs> mentioned before. Uh, same happened again. The captain was in the light bulb. I cried and cried. This repeated for the next few days until my mom changed the bulb. I hated the captain in the light bulb. So this is a story of a haunted light bulb? Yes, a haunted mm. blue light bulb, a bright blue light bulb that they're very excited to try out in their bedroom. Do you know, <laughs> uh, the only time I ever see sort of blue light bulbs nowadays is those anti-heroin users light bulbs that they have in bathrooms where they stop them from being able to see their veins so i feel like we've gone from microdose and lsd to oh my god heroin use and i don't think you're on the right quora thread i think you've <laughs> got mixed up here somewhere are you serious about that i've never huh. even heard of this they have the blue lights in the toilet because you can't tell it's, in it's public a- toilets yeah you can't um, oh my god I, I just thought that was a general thing. Maybe it's just here. Yeah, I, I wow. think it's, it's, it's twofold because it, you also can't see how good the cut of coke is that you've got if you've got the blue <laughs> Is that just in your apartment? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I installed it when we moved in. That's how she keeps me under control. <laughs> it's quite common in like public control. bathrooms. So like hmm. bus stop or like bus station bathrooms and stuff like that there will they'll generally have like a blue light some restaurants have them i used to work in a in a bar um in dublin city that had those blue lights because there was a massive heroin problem in dublin's fair city where the girls are so pretty and full of heroin (laughs) (laughs) that's very interesting we i guess heroin isn't as big of a problem in the areas we happen to have lived because i have not seen that before but i have a really cool blue light related story you just reminded me of there is a bridge in japan (laughs) That people used to commit suicide on a lot. It was a problem. So cool. So great. <laughs> Such a fun story. There was a red light near it. Just like for some reason there was a red light. Now there has been there have been different studies showing that the psychology of different light when you're exposed to them. And actually it's a lot of advertising uses this too. Red and yellow make you more impulsive and stuff. So restaurants will use it a lot. Make you want to buy their food. Stuff like that. Red lights do tend to, I guess, more provoke the impulsive parts of our brains, whereas blue tend to kind of calm you down, make you think about your actions more. So at some point, they replaced the red light on that bridge with a blue light, and the suicides dropped off. Mm, dropped off is not the right term. The number <laughs> of suicides went down. Mm, that's not great. Uh, mm. Fewer suicides happened by a large Yay. margin, and they it was plunged. great. They plunged. Thanks, Wyatt. And uh, all just by changing the color of the light. So very weird stuff to do with lights. So this wow. girl's parent was clearly trying to control her children then to make sure they so. slept better. Yeah. So like, calm down, will you? Just look at this blue light. <laughs> the flip side of that being that when you look at different, um, as far as wavelength of light, like my al- I have an alarm clock from the mid-1980s that has just worked my whole life, and it has red LED uh, text. In college, I got one that had green, and it was so god damn hard to sleep with that light because there's so much higher intensity light so red because it's so low on on the scale is easier on you when you're trying to sleep that's why you don't uh. want to look at your that's why they have the different apps for your phones when um it's nighttime to try and get rid of the blue light kind of make it more warmer colors so that it helps you sleep i'm talking about monsters under beds on core all right yeah what did the lights do for the monsters under the bed though that's my question gabriel weinberg ceo says you may know that Google is CEO. tracking you. Yes, but most people don't realize the extent of it. Luckily, there are some simple steps you can take to dramatically reduce Google's tracking. But first, <laughs> what exactly are they tracking? Unlike searching on DuckDuckGo, when you search on Google, they keep your search history forever. 
That means they know every search you've ever done on Google. That alone Yikes. is pretty scary. But even, it's just the shallow end. incognito? I guess so. But it's just the Uh-oh. shallow end of the very deep pool of data that they try to collect on people. Um, I don't think Gabriel's trying to sell anything. I don't think that was a targeted ad. I think that was one of the stories. Yeah, um, Google is clearly the monster in that story, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're not evil, though. <laughs> it says so right in their tagline. <laughs> Franciscus Lewisberg says, In my chest. I don't know where or how this monster appeared in my mind, but I was convinced that I was being haunted by a 30-meter-tall poop monster. Thing is, it was my heartbeat that set the fear in motion. I lay on my side, relax, started to hear my heartbeat in my ear, mistook it for footsteps, which raised my heartbeat, which made it seem like it was closing in faster and faster, (laughs) which raised my heart rate. LOL. A recurring nightmare I had as a kid was being abducted by ghosts in the house we lived in. I ran downstairs and bashed on the door of the living room, but my parents didn't hear me. Mott my banging, not my shouting, and screaming for help. They were just sitting there enjoying TV on the couch, and I got dragged back upstairs by my little legs. But never really afraid of shadows and monsters. The end. Aww. I just love how he got freaked out by his bodily function of the heart yeah, beating. Exactly. <laughs> He's like, hilarious, I had a panic attack. Isn't that funny, guys? <laughs> Aww. And that is what Cora has to share on monsters under one's bed, in one's closet, or in one's toilet. I think we've all wow. learned a lot today. Did either of you guys had a have a monster when you were a kid? I don't really recall one, to be honest. I would I would love to share if I did. It's the kind of thing that I feel like would be very fun to share. I don't. It would be what we call good content if you had a story to share. Oh, <laughs> in that case, I do suddenly recall one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I remember having uh, in my head there was a monster in the basement. The basement was partly finished for a good chunk of my childhood. Uh, I would go down there and play video games. And whenever I'd go up the spiral staircase to get upstairs again, I would just sprint up there sure that something was going to grab me. And because of the spiral staircase, there were all like spaces through the slats where something could grab your leg if you were going up those steps. Um, So I was always sure it was going to happen. I had to run up there as fast as I could. For more news on the spookiness of our basement listen to next week's episode of real life ghost stories (laughs) i was just gonna say i feel like you have a lot of very valid cause to be afraid of your basement as a child (laughs) you guys have any monsters under your bed and stuff i had a an af i was petrified of et the extraterrestrial no Mm. (laughs) everyone I was really frightened of E.T. and I was fully convinced that uh, E.T. was going to come to my bedroom at night and that I was going to be taken away in a spaceship. And I think it sparked like a long term phobia of aliens. So that was my monster. So that's why you're so scared of aliens. Yeah. Dan, is there a reason for the dolls? Uh, I I can't pinpoint it, but this is a legitimate fear, which I've discovered over the last sort of month or so. That actually, this isn't as irrational as I thought. I am genuinely freaked out by it. No, it's still irrational. It's not it's irrational. Just, it's just a lot more. <laughs> it's it's maybe just a lot more intense than, than we had thought. I do want to go on record and on camera to apologize for sending you the video of those creepy dolls in the woods that time. <laughs> It was, was I nice. hadn't listened to enough episodes of Real Life Ghost Stories to realize that it wasn't just you didn't like dolls, you don't like dolls. And that no. well, now was you not see, cool. The thing was, was that I thought it was just a sort of a little bit of a funny, uh, I, he doesn't really like them, but we can still take the piss out of it, you know, and, and make fun and make jokes about it. Apparently we can't. 
Dan, you are now your your hand has come up to your mouth. <laughs> He's crying. <laughs> the concept of dolls. It's true. Dolls are gross. We watched uh, the boy too, um, which is which is not a good movie by any sense, and it wasn't scary. But I I came I left that film feeling really unnerved, and I was mm. shook for the whole of the rest of the evening. Right until the following morning and I was like oh this is a bit weird like because I wasn't scared by the movie but it just really unnerved me and then uh, a couple of weeks ago we got a parcel I got a parcel which was addressed to me and I didn't recognize who it was from and uh, uh, I was kind of weirded out and I uh, opened it up and there was a doll inside it um, and I promptly threw the parcel at Emma and left the room <laughs> yeah and I didn't know what was going on so then I opened it and I was like oh it's a freaky doll didn't know where it come from and it was all very alarming for quite a period of time. Did you at least drop kick it down the stairs for him? I thought she was quite cute. <laughs> I mean, she's not horrific. I'd quite like to keep her in here, but I'm not allowed. So she's currently in um, uh, an old litter tray of the cat, a clean <laughs> litter tray, um, out in our conservatory, like a little space outside indoor space, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, because that's as far as she's allowed in the house. <laughs> I'm just surprised she's not uh, currently a pile of ashes buried in your backyard. Yeah. See, well, the I thing did... is, I, I'm, <laughs> as much as I hate dolls, I'm also... Um, Afraid really of incurring like, their wrath? It turns out that my best friend bought it for me when he was drunk on eBay. Aww. And because it came from him, I can't give myself to get rid of it. <laughs> those, those drunk gifts come from the deepest part of the heart, too. Yes. <laughs> right? She's going to a new home there sometime soon. Oh, that's good. <laughs> man, oh, man. On that note, do you guys have a tale you'd like to tell as well? So I'm going to go first with my story, if that's okay. What do you think, Dan? Is it okay? Uh, Yeah. Cool. I mean, okay, I have to say, I... Uh, did not go as far as going on to Quora.com. Mm. So I feel like I've let the side down. Yeah. I did do a deep dive into Reddit though. So it's slightly more serious. <laughs> I also did a Reddit dive for today. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> it's, it, it, we're definitely going to end up with the same story somewhere along the line. So let's let's do this. My first one, because I, I went for two stories. My first one comes from No Cats on Melmac. Another no cats post. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) There was a small door that led to the attic space in my bedroom. And it became habit that I would shut the door as I walked into my bedroom a couple of times a week. I didn't think anything of it. I just assumed my mom didn't close it all the way when she left it. After a while, I made the mistake of joking with her when she made a comment about me not picking up after myself. I said something like, but every night I have to close the attic door behind you. How about you shut it all the way when you're done? She then informed me that she hasn't been in the attic in months. I asked my brother and nope. Asked my father, nope. So then I started to pay real close attention to it. Making sure it was closed in the morning, checking it after school, checking it after dinner. Then I'd head up to bed and it would always be open. After a couple of months of wondering, studying, experimenting, I thought I'd see what happens if I just don't shut it. Opened the door before school and checked it after school, still open. Checked it Mm. after dinner, still open. Before bed, still open. Now I'm laying in bed, mind going crazy with the open door across the room. Decided to check it out, so I roll over and focus on the black space into the attic. Oh no. To see a face staring back at me. I bolt downstairs, I wake my parents, get ridiculed by my brother, switch bedrooms with my brother, move into a new house about six months later (laughs) due to expanding household. At the age of six? (laughs) (laughs) New physics teacher and his wife bought our house. 
I could have forgotten all about the event and chalked it up to me having an overactive imagination. But then my senior year, I discovered how awesome our physics teacher was. Mm. He became my favourite class teacher and by far my favourite class. End of senior year, my friend and I took our VHS camcorder around town doing mostly silly things, but then took it to my old house to see what they've done with the place. We got a really fun tour. I got to tell stories about all the projects my dad did that were still part of the house. Mm. Then the wife leads us upstairs to show us the sewing room. I ask, jokingly, do you notice anything strange in this room? And her face goes blank. On camera, she asks what I mean. And I try to shrug it off, but end up saying something about the attic door. She confirmed that every time she comes up to sew, the attic door is open. Mm. She then tells us that the second day of being in the house, their dog, a German shepherd, had gone into the room but would not go back downstairs. He started barking and couldn't be consoled and then jumped through the window, landing on the tin roof over the porch and then ran off. What the Dog on a hot tin roof. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. The dog did not come back until the next day and has not stepped foot into the hallway that leads upstairs since. I had initially thought that I could show my parents and brother the story I had on film, but I decided to just let it be. When I told my family that I saw the face, it was just my brother that ridiculed me. My father definitely would have checked it out for actual humans because one of the first comments he made was about a family that recently had a coin collection stolen from their house across the street. The event itself was easy to shrug off because I could just chalk it up to a lot of other possibilities like the ones mentioned. It wasn't until five years later that it became freaky. The look on Mm. the wife's face before she told us about the dog was very telling, like something they decided to never put much thought into. Now my story added depth to their experience and their story added depth to mine. Mm. This did not make me a believer in the paranormal. I told the story as a collection of details, not as a confirmation of ghosts. What it did do was make me never be able to be a non-believer. Very effing spooky. Yeah, I don't like the idea of attic doors being open. Mm -hmm. Forget it. That's actually same with me. In in the house I grew up in, the spookiest part of the house for me is the attic. Fortunately, did not open into my goddamn bedroom, though. (laughs) Forget that too creepy <laughs> i may have told the story on here before but i house sat one time for my best friend in high school and her brother was graduating and so her whole family was down there for that so i was house sitting and taking care of the dogs and the bedroom i was staying in because the dogs wanted to all stay in the master bedroom and the master bedroom like the bed faced a wall that had stairs going up to the left into the attic just open straight into the attic Ugh. why would anybody design their house like that <laughs> and it was in the middle Indeed. of the woods somewhere and it was the same weekend <laughs> when i first discovered what creepypasta was oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> and so i was like sitting it was like on my computer in the living room just like reading stuff and then there also i remember they had this like trap door in the floor of the kitchen i'd visited a couple times like what's down there like well i'm here now i can check it out but i didn't think to check it out until after dark and i opened it up oh, into no. just this abyss of blackness. I was like, this is a mistake. No. And I closed it back no. up again. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, the oh, upside boy. to sleeping in the attic facing room was that I was covered in dogs. So they kind of helped me feel less <laughs> creeped out. But also covered in attic demons. So. Yeah, exactly. So the next one that I have comes from Vernie D. <laughs> I grew up in a two story house in the Philippines. Upstairs, there was a huge playroom and four bedrooms. When I was around 11 years old, me and my babysitter were hanging out in the playroom. My babysitter and I, I'm sure they meant to write. (laughs) 
I mean, if you want to be pedantic, they're traumatized <laughs> by their story, okay? I'm a number one pedant on Yelp. <laughs> uh, I don't know where I was. Oh, she went to the bathroom and I got bored, so I went downstairs to check out the fridge. Just check it out. Not looking at it. Just, just check it out. It's my just do that. <laughs> Get a load of that fridge. And it hadn't been thrown down into Mel's hole. That's a very yeah. niche reference. I know it's supposed to be cool, but it's looking really hot right now. <laughs> Carry on. I heard her come out of the bathroom and she started screaming my name. After the third time, she stopped. I thought she figured out that I was downstairs. Ooh. After a few minutes, I saw her coming down the stairs and she looked at me. She froze and stared. I asked her what was wrong and she said that she just saw me in the playroom before she went downstairs. Ooh. She was really freaked out about it and I don't know. I used to not believe in these things so I just laughed at her. <laughs> the second time it happened I was probably 16. I was hanging out in my brother's room because it's the room with the fastest internet and then I heard my six-year-old brother I have two brothers calling me and looking around for me. I didn't answer back and just waited for him to find me. I saw him go into my room and then he went quiet. Ooh. I thought he was looking for something and he had just found it. As he was walking out of my room, he saw me in my brother's room and he froze and stared at me like the babysitter had. I asked him what was wrong and he said, why are there two of you? (sighs) And that's when I freaked out and ran into my mom's room. She laughed at us, but I still remember sleeping in her room that night. And the last time it happened, I was 20. My parents were on vacation with my youngest brother. So me and my other siblings had to stay at my grandparents'. The first night they were away, my sister and I decided to go home and get more clothes. We were both in my room because she likes to borrow some of my clothes and I told her that I'm going to take a shower. That's when she left and went to her room to pack some more stuff. I went to the bathroom and started brushing my teeth. As I was about to get in the shower, my sister walked into the bathroom and she looked at me so weirdly. Her face turned pale, so I asked her what was wrong. She said she went back to my room and she was there talking to me. Hmm. So then she had to pee and she went into the bathroom, but also found me there. We both looked at each other, grabbed our stuff and left. Oh boy. I still don't know why or what it is, but it creeps me out when I think about it. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's the kind of thing you just never want to have to experience. You know what I mean? It sounds fanciful, but it also sounds like the kind of thing that you could just wind up experiencing and uh, never look at reality the same again. Yeah. That's something that will mess you up properly, isn't it? I think yeah. if you experience that on either end of it, even like if you see someone and then they're somewhere else. Oh my God. Mm. Truly creepy. Also, the only thing more annoying than one of me is honestly two of me. <laughs> I know. I would feel really upset for anybody who had to endure two of me as well. So I don't really, I don't really know if, if it's fair to have a doppelganger of me. <laughs> I just saw you in the bathroom. Why, that hasn't been a me in the bathroom for over 35 years. (laughs) 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 Do you want to do one of yours? Yeah. Dan, take it away. Yeah. Okay, so um, I am scared of a lot of things, as you probably know, if you've ever listened to um, (laughs) any of our podcasts or if you just listened to me speaking in this episode. Takes a brave man to say that. (laughs) Um, one of the things I'm scared of is weird stuff happening with technology and mm. phones. I, the idea of something phoning me that's not real is quite scary. I got bad news for you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> um, so I've gone for um, some EMT call stories, uh, which have come from Reddit as well. This story is um, by a user 
whose username I'm going to use as the title for this story. It, the title has nothing to do with the story, but I feel like it's a good story title. Um, and his name is Grizzly Treats. Grizzly, Grizzly Treats. Treats. <laughs> Ugh, God. I, uh, I was a police officer working at the desk and then he gives the hours of his work for some reason. I, I don't really, really, you know. really need that. 2 to um, 4 p.m. <laughs> and the fire alarm signal goes off. Many, many years ago, the police department offered alarm monitoring services. It still had 10 to, play, 10 to 12 places that were hardwired and it would require pulling apart a lot of equipment to disconnect the system. So we just kept it going. So basically, people that have signed up for this alarm reading service, there's still a couple of houses that are using it and this alarm's gone off. Mm-hmm. The first shift dispatch is already punched in. So she took that call. I'm headed out the door to the fire department when 911 rings from the same address. I answer it. No one on the other end. Assume they barely got to call before passing out, so I bolt out the back door, hop in a squad car, radio in the 911 call on channel 3 that both police, fire can hear and that I'm going directly to the house. I arrive just as another unit shows up. No signs of smoke, no sign of anything. Hmm. An older woman comes walking up the street, pushing a wheelchair with an elderly lady, her mother. They both live there and they just went out for an early evening stroll before dinner. I tell them what we've been, what, what's been going on. Nobody else lives there, and as far as the elderly lady can remember, that alarm was disconnected from the house years ago during some renovations. They don't have any alarm systems either, just a couple of cheap smoke fire detectors. We do a walk around the house, get to the back door off the kitchen, and you can clearly see and smell gas. We turned off the gas at the main, set up some fans to air it out, and find a cracked gas line going to the oven. The daughter said she spilled some coffee she was making for their walk and had to move the oven a few inches to clean. Probably broke the line, pushing the oven back in. Mm. Nothing else in the house is disturbed and both phones are on the hook. The fire chief shows up about 15 minutes into the call. He goes over to the two lady and gives them both a hug. He's nearly in tears. The elderly lady in the wheelchair, her husband was the fire chief 60 plus years ago from our department. Oh my God. Mm. The daughter... Her husband passed away a few years ago. He was also a member of the department. I never believed in ghosts or spirits, but that call made me think people who spend their lives doing good are allowed by some power to look over their loved ones every so often. Interesting. I am so happy for that guy that he saw the positive of that because I would be so freaked out by the fact (laughs) that I got a phone call from a house with nobody in it. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be creepy as hell. Yeah. Unless it was a Google thing. It's nice that the the fire people looked after them but i don't need no phone calls just just send me a email or something let the house burn yes send an email yeah no phone call just let those two elderly women die in a gaseous explosion my house is on fire (laughs) please send help (laughs) um that was a a sweet one dan i like that that's nice yeah but it's just the technology it's just a bit yeah i'm not really Mm, you ever notice weird. when you look at your phone when the screen isn't on it's like a mirror but it's black <laughs> <laughs> turning my phone over <laughs> I'd say hold the phone but too late <laughs> so this story is by um, Grape Juice 89 what we need though is an original Dan title because those really sell it um, Girl on Swing I was waiting for the right re- I was like what what do you mean um, it's all about the mundane titles, isn't it? Um, we love a go. mundane title. Yeah. <laughs> My brother is a deputy, and at the same time, I worked as an EMT for a few small towns in northeast Colorado. I frequently went on ride-alongs with him while waiting for 911 calls to come in. This took place in Amherst, Colorado. What is wrong with me? 
<clears throat> the town is very small. <laughs> Amherst has about 50 people, a church, some houses, a grain tower and a park. It was about 3am and we were about to call it a night. As we were making our last check on Amherst, we noticed movement at the park, but couldn't tell exactly what was going on because it was pitch black. We drove up and stopped alongside the dirt road, flipped on the spotlight, and as we moved the light around the park, it finally settled on the back of a young girl, maybe 13, sitting on a swing with her back facing us. Oh no. Come on. We left the spotlight on her. She wasn't moving. She just sat there facing away from us, looking down at the ground. Needless to say, it was a very creepy situation. We both looked at each other with that face you make when something is out of the ordinary. Uh, what? <laughs> That's the most vague description ever. <laughs> you do a triple take towards each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I quickly suggested that we should call her over using the PA system. He agreed. As we looked back over, she was gone. I mean, no signs of anyone anywhere. The park was in a wide open area. She couldn't have gotten out of sight in the amount of time that we had our exchange of words. I remember saying, should we get out and look for her? Maybe she'd be hid behind one of the park toys or something. My brother just looked at me and said, hell to the no, and drove away. It's still preaching out to this day. Very rude. I feel like that is like that's negligent. That is negligent. Do you know what I mean? This child is a police officer and he's just like, fuck that. That's so true. (laughs) It's a little bit spooky, so I think we should just go. (laughs) He gets a call in and he's like, is it spooky? Maybe a little bit, then fuck (laughs) no. Yeah. Gets calls later from parents just like, my child's missing. Um, She should have been about 11. She can fucking stay missing. Should I, should I close this out with a piece of hot garbage? Oh, I'm excited. All right. So let's just assume for the sake of the author that these events really transpired and that they are not some loose assemblage of horror tropes occurring in a semi-nonlinear, perhaps even nonsensical way. <laughs> also, uh, as usual, do feel free to interrupt me at any time with questions or concerns. This was posted eight days ago as of this recording, by user news. Project Rattler on Reddit, which is not my username and is not an <laughs> alias I use for personal stories. <laughs> and it is entitled, Elves, Some Freaking Duendes. And uh, <laughs> listeners of the show will recall that I covered Duendes in general a thousand years ago. I forget what episode number. Didn't look it up. Should have done that. Didn't do it. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> Jay will do it It'll be in the episode description Who cares Episode 17 Episode 17 Nicely done Huckleberry Hellhounds There you go A title that would never have given that away No I talked about Hellhounds You talked about Puckwudgies and shit Puckwudgies Yes Uh, So this is following that up And is worse (laughs) Great This happened in the 90s. I'm not sure how in-depth I should go into the story, because it involved pretty much half of my family. It did happen in the U.S., Los Angeles area more specifically. The house and the place next to it were demolished after them moved out. Well, I've had some terrifying experiences throughout my lifetime, and I have not asked for any of this to happen. So, in 91, more or less... My uncle got ill one day and began complaining about his back and stomach aches. One day he woke up screaming, literally woke up in everyone in the house. He was screaming about, get them off, get them off. 
While we were trying to figure out what he was talking about, my aunt would whisper to my mom, and she would take us back to our cots and back to sleep. (laughs) Nothing was said for a couple of days as we went back home. I asked mom about what had happened. Mom played it off, stating, It's gotta be them drugs your uncle is on. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Two weeks later, we rolled back to my aunt's house, and the moment the door closed... My mom collapsed. My mom never had a history of fainting, but she dropped like a sack of potatoes. We were all sitting in the living room, and my uncle just broke out in tears. He confessed that he thought it was BS, and he really thought it was the meds. But to figure out what was going on, he had stopped taking the meds for a month and claimed that 15 elves were dancing on his chest. What? <laughs> This prompted my aunt to call her sister, my aunt number two, and try to get my uncle some very needed help. My aunt number two started her visa process to come and visit, but that still takes forever and some days. So in the process, my aunt got her husband back on the meds and tried to calm him down. About a month later, the last statement my uncle brought up was that there was three elves left that would come down and dance on his chest, that they were counting down his days. A week later, he was in the hospital, and he was gone. Sorry, um, pause. How long does this person think a week is? (laughs) There were only three elves left, and how did it get to a week later? Maybe they're, like, putting a hard stop on a Saturday and a Sunday starts the next week. It's a great I, question, though. I still kind of want to know how the aunt number one was able to take them to sleep. Like, how you take them. Sleep. Someone- sleep. She would just beckon towards them and <laughs> come to sleep. <laughs> and it is true. We all know a week is set eight days long, so. The Beatles taught us. Yeah. So, right, the, the uncle has passed away? He passed away. And last I talked to my aunt, she still can't believe he was gone so quick. This prompted a partial family reunion, the members that lived in the U.S., to converge at my aunt's house and mourn my uncle. Weird shit happened throughout the three days we were there at their house. In other words, a full week. But we chalked it up to so many people being in the house. About four months later, my grandfather started claiming the same things. He was more calm about it and wasn't too worried about. He did claim about 15 elves were dancing on his chest around 3 a.m., but he claimed he told them to go fly a kite or something along those lines. Every time we would visit, my mom would continuously just drop. It seemed as if the energy in the house... Drop a beat? What? Drop what? Drop to the ground fainting, I suppose, but yes, she dropped a beat. There's no reason the two are mutually exclusive. She could drop a beat while falling to the ground, and here we go. (laughs) Face down. Just completely out. It seemed as if the energy in the house was so strong it would overtake her. Aunt number two was just cleared to enter the U.S., and she was on her way, theoretically. One day, my grandfather claimed there were a few elves left, and sure enough, about a week later, three days, he was also gone. (laughs) Few only means up to three. (laughs) By this time, we were still mourning my aunt's husband, aka uncle, as he was gone no more than six months prior. 
while mom, aunt, aunt number two, and grandma were in the hospital, we were playing around in the yard, and we went into the bigger yard because we wanted more space to kick a soccer ball around. The football, sorry. Yeah. So, we all went and played, but I remember having this off feeling. I can't really explain it, but a sort of frightened and being watched at the same time. My older cousin was talking about how... Uh, <laughs> No how is there, I'm just helping them. My older cousin was talking about we should go back to the house, since it was starting to get dark. I must have been smelling what she was, because as soon as we went back, we heard this growl coming from this huge tree in the bigger yard. It wasn't a dog, and it wasn't the MGM lion in the beginning of their movies. It sounded pretty sinister. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about that growl. It's just the MGM lion. <laughs> Is this the beginning of a movie? Oh god, no, it's not. <laughs> I wasn't the only one that heard it because we were all still and looking towards the tree. My cousin tugged at my shirt and I was probably the only one standing up there because I was in shock and everyone else was inside. <laughs> Make of that what you will. So I followed my cousin inside the, the house and we slammed the back door. Scared out of wits, knocking started in the back door and the front door at the same time. We all huddled in the living room, damn near crying, when all of a sudden, it just stopped. Then we hear a key in the lock, and it was my aunt opening the front door, and both my aunt number two and mom pulling grandma out of the car. Pulling her out of the car. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> By her little legs. <laughs> Get out of here, Grandma. The first thing my cousin said was, why were you knocking? My aunt was like, what the fuck are you talking about? We just got here. So wow. we all kind of broke down crying at the same time because that shit was scary. <laughs> the following weeks, we weren't left alone. Someone was always with us. But we were mourning my grandfather, their father slash uncle, and the whole family had transferred to this house. Easily 40 people were in this house at one time. People arguing about who, what, when, how, and why. Usual after someone is gone. But not where. Never where. <laughs> Either way, birds would come down and stand on the windowsill and peck the windows while we were in this house. So one night, we were all awoken to two uncles screaming at each other. It was about 3 a.m. again. You can do it. We can do it. <laughs> ah, okay, one second. Hooey. It was about 3 a.m. again, and one of them was claiming that the other uncle doing... Oh, God. It was about 3 a.m. again, and one of them was claiming what was the other uncle doing, touching his hair and putting stuff on his chest, and the shit wasn't funny. So after everyone got it out of their system, we all went back to sleep, some of us by force, others due to being tired. What? Well, how'd you go back to sleep by force? <laughs> Are you not keeping up with this? <laughs> So the next day, there was more screaming at about the same time with the same two people. The only difference is that the uncle claiming there was something on his chest was able to snatch whatever was there and threw it towards his brother, who he thought was messing with him. 
His brother woke up screaming, talking about something popping and feeling like confetti was falling on him. Once my grandfather was buried, my aunt got assistance to move to the apartments next door, and to this day she swears she could hear her husband whistling at her from across the fence. She has since moved to another place within the same area. During my aunt's move, it appears my aunt number two, my father, and another uncle found weird stuff in the house. They refused to talk about it and claim one of our uncles must have played a prank and hid stuff in weird places like behind the fridge and in the garage. About a year later, my cousin's wife passed away. I'm not sure exactly what her what was her story. But she lived with my cousin about a quarter mile from where my grandparents lived before they came to the U.S. at the time. They had both come up to my grandfather's funeral, but had not encountered what my other uncles had. About another eight months later, he passed away. A supposed heart attack took him at 36 at the time, more or less. I don't remember all the details about them, but they had two kids that ended up in my cousin's custody. I still have situations that are weird but I try to downplay most of them. For example, about a month ago, I was in my older kid's room and was dusting some of his stuff with my SO, but when she dusted the headboard by smacking it with a rag, I saw something fly out toward the ground. It lit my bell and whistles in my head, and I could have sworn I saw an elf being knocked out of the headboard. I dropped to my knees and started looking to see what had dropped, but there was nothing there. It appeared to be red in color, and the rag was white. So, I hope this is somewhat entertaining, as it was frightening to me when it happened. Sorry, this is long. I didn't put too much detail, or would be it would be about as long as the Bible. Enjoy. Wow. Okay, we are horrible people. So many people died in that story, and I'm rolling with laughter. It's not funny. The story's not funny. The, the, the people How dying is not funny. How dare you laugh at this person's plight? So this all tracks. Um, I followed it, no problem. I completely remember every part of what every you death. just said. Yeah, every death. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. So what was that story about? Elves. <laughs> Elves, extended mm. family, yeah. and dying property discussion. Yeah, I death, guess. I guess. I have three um, questions for you. Three. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I hope they are not who, what, where, or why, <laughs> did you or not, how. Did you, how did you know? And Definitely. are there actually seven questions? I want three where want questions, please. <laughs> um. <laughs> So, the, art number two that was theoretically traveling to the US, what was she actually doing? Um, the second question is, what goes on with their family in turn, in, with regards to sleep in that one of the aunts can call them to sleep and the other one forcibly makes them go to sleep? <laughs> and some just by being tired. Yeah. Like normal people. Like normal uh, people. And I've actually forgotten what the third question was. I'm sorry. Does it matter? Two question in and of itself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, yeah, good questions. Very good questions. <laughs> such, of which there are many questions. answers, none yep. of which we will discuss today. <laughs> exactly. I did love that he thought he had enough information to write something that's as long as the Bible about I know, this one story. Yeah, right. And that what they did write was sparing of detail. Yeah. <laughs> but also had an outrageous amount of superfluous detail. Yes. The word information is very generous, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but it was just like he he said about he was very gave very accurate detail about his other half how the other half took to dusting the headboard and then <laughs> yes. couldn't quite even describe how long a week was yep <laughs> it's the same, in the same bit um, it was just it's the kind of material that makes you feel gaslit about all of reality because what if a week really is three days what if there are elves what if all this is exactly. real and how many times have we all gone to sleep out of being forced to and we haven't even realized it <laughs> Ah, uh, but yeah, there you go. Something scary to end the day. <laughs> Hopefully, everyone's Will we bones sleep? are rattling. Who knows? Only forcibly. <laughs> Only forcibly, probably at this point. Um, yeah. Thank, thank you guys so much for being yes. here today. We really Thanks appreciate your, uh, your being here. And uh, do you have anything to plug? Real life ghost stories podcast. Is that what you guys? That? <laughs> we don't actually uh, really do anything else credit to you in that case um <laughs> but yeah where where uh, can people find that anywhere and everywhere podcasts are yeah. served anywhere awesome. that you can that you can eat a podcast you'll find us great and Very does cool. either of you have i don't know a uh a twitch stream someone could could watch if they oh, wanted yeah. to oh yeah i yeah i have a twitch stream that i continuously forget to tell anybody about um, where <laughs> i play like games and stuff on it well not game not like games i actually play games on it um, and no way! Twi- Full time, real ass games. Yeah, yeah. Damn, what 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 system do you play? Um, I play PS4. I'm damn you. I'm oh. contemplating. I'm contemplating getting an Xbox as well, just because I'm it. greedy. I'll play with you online. I'll I play have with people. You. I have people that that like yourself that have an Xbox that can't play games with me. So I'm thinking about. I would it. play with you, my friend. Um, but my Twitch handle is Milo Skibber. So it's Milo and skiver spell it please because i never knew until i saw on your insta stories how to spell it it's m-i-l-o because the milo bit is the easy bit to spell and then it's skiver s-k-i-b-a so it's the first name of the lead singer of the descendants and the last name of the lead singer of the alkaline trio perfect (laughs) that is a lot of information (laughs) i have a gamecube i don't think i'll be playing with you guys anytime soon Uh, but jealousy It's a great system. It's I mean, really I've got a one. Sega Mega Drive, so... Holy sh... Moly. <laughs> Don't want to swear on this episode. Holy fucking shit. <laughs> well, definitely check these two fine people out on both of those avenues. It's been so much fun to have you guys here. And, uh, yeah. Goodbye. Thanks, guys. Good- we thoroughly enjoyed it. Bye. <laughs> well, that was a hoot and a half. I exactly and uh yeah i think uh i almost feel inclined to get back in a plane and fly over to the uk for an episode with them (laughs) that'll air in a few days time (laughs) as we all know episodes go direct to air that's right they're live they are they're live And uh, and it can yeah. only be recorded in chronological order. Catch us there as well. Check out Real Life Ghost Stories. Those guys are great. We'll be back next week with probably a way more boring episode again. <laughs> Look forward to seeing and, you then. Uh, yeah. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Bye.